Welcome to the tape ministry of the Embassy of the Word of God, where God is releasing men and women into exploits through the preaching of the Word of Faith. Be transformed and impacted as you listen to God's Word. Couldn't find one to compare To your grace, your love, your mercy Hallelujah Why don't you just lift up your voice And just begin to thank him this morning I appreciate him Thank him Thank him for the cross Thank him for his goodness Thank him for his love and kindness Thank him Mado Ibanga vadidibio shalele pepe ikapata la manonda zavini miyako talilibata ekapadon talilibato pratala labai aguatalantelelele pepa ikapala pronta lidibiatosa Father, we give you praise. We honor you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for you are good. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, we ask, O God, that your word will come with accuracy, with precision, in the name of Jesus. Let somebody be blessed this morning. Let somebody be healed. Let somebody live here delivered, set free, impacted, affected, in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you've been missing in word of life, hallelujah. The riches of Christ. The riches of Christ. We've established that the riches of Christ are not material wealth, but spiritual. The riches of Christ are in the mercies. Of Christ. The Bible says he's rich in mercy, in his grace, in his unfailing love. And that could only happen because of the cross. Hallelujah. The scripture tells us in um, the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, the verse number, um, was it 4 now? Yeah. Ephesians 4 1. We started from there the other day. Let's, let's look at that again. It's not working. All right. We'll go back to our old faithful. Ephesians chapter 1, from the verse number 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption. Somebody say redemption. Through his blood, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The word redemption comes from the Greek word apolutrosis. I think I've taught extensively on redemption some time ago in the past. Go get uh, the message. You will understand what redemption is. But it simply means to buy back through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So the riches are according to what? His grace. The riches of Christ are not according to financial money, um, material money. Um, does God not want you to have material, man, uh, material wealth? Oh, he does. The Bible says, this is a cattle on the thousand hills are mine. If I want any, I will not come and ask you. Praise God. So, it's, but coming to Christ is not to come and collect money. Amen. Now, that's not a gospel. The gospel, we've established that the gospel, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, from the verse number 1, what the gospel is... Uh, the scripture tells us that the gospel, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Somebody say the gospel. Which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. 
Hallelujah. Wherein ye what? Stand. Wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved. So the first reason for coming to Christ is to be saved. Saved. And salvation is not just the fact that your soul has been saved and you're going to heaven and that is it. No. There is the finished work of salvation, which is what Jesus did. And there is the ongoing work of salvation, which involves your participation. Hallelujah. That's why we encourage you to come to church. Nobody encourages you to come to church because they need you. No, 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 no. Your face is not that nice that we need you in church. No, no. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if, if it's the niceness of your face, no. But it's for your own salvation. Amen. There's the ongoing work of salvation. And for the ongoing, it doesn't mean that you are not fine. All of you are fine. Put your hands together for yourselves. Yeah? You, you are fine. Uh, uh, you, you don't believe you are fine. Now, the people that are not clapping for themselves, I suspect you. It means that you don't know that you are fine. <laughs> but I know that you are fine. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. By which ye are also saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached. So the reason why we come to church is that so that when the gospel is preached, you keep it in memory. Amen. Because you will need it. You will need it for life. Because life, I've always told you, is what? Spiritual. By which also ye are saved, if ye, come in, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Verse 3. Then it says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. That which I also what? Received. That which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins. So the reason for salvation or the reason for the gospel is because Christ died for our sins. How that Christ what? Died for our sins according to what? The scriptures. Based on what the scriptures taught. And we know the scriptures are the Old Testament scripts. How that Christ died for our sins. Not just that. How that he was what? Buried. And that he rose again the third day. According to the scriptures. If Christ never rose from the grave. The scripture says our believing will be useless. And we will still be in our sins. Because we will be of all men most miserable. Because it means we have believed a lie. But did he rise? Did he die? We have established that he died. Isaiah 53, um, from the verse number one, we've been looking at this scripture quite extensively. Let's look at it again. It says, who has, delivered our, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord what? Revealed. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. These were the things that Paul was talking about him receiving. Okay. About him what? Receiving. About him receiving according to the scriptures. Which is the Old Testament scriptures. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, this is Isaiah now prophesying about the kind of death that Jesus will die. Now, I know a lot of people, even this weekend, I was just listening, I mean, crisscross, and after uh, what I live, I crisscross on YouTube, and then I heard some very, very, very renowned ministers of the gospel talking about Jesus being not beautiful and all that. And I'm like, what a joke. I mean, stop this, this thing. I mean, God himself, the beauty of heaven, will be born on earth, and you will not be handsome. Come on. What a joke. But this Isaiah 53 is actually talking about the suffering and the death. It's not about the, the person. The person, he was so fine. Yeah, he was so fine. Yeah. He was so fine. If, 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 if he wanted to be David, he would have been David. If he wanted to be Solomon, it would have been something else. The Bible says he was tempted on all sides. 
Why who would tempt a, who would tempt an ugly man? <laughs> Only five men are tempted. <laughs> anyway, by temptation, temptation. Whether ugly or temptation, they will tempt you. Temptation will come to you. Whether okay, look, beauty is beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. Forget about that thing. Whether whatever it is. But the the import of it is that it has nothing to do with the person of Jesus, but the suffering. Okay. So he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And this grief here was talking about the grief that man would have suffered. We've already established what happened in the garden and, had, and what it caused. It caused sin. What Adam did caused sin, and that sin we said was what? Twofold. It was sin as a nature and sin as a practice. Hallelujah. Sin as a nature because we became naturally born after Adam. Genesis chapter 5 verse 3 tells us that after Adam fell, he gave birth to sons in his image. So we were born after the first Adam. And the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 12, don't change it. The scripture tells us that how that through one man sin came into the world. And that through another man sin was eradicated. And scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that the first man, Adam, was of the earth, earthy. The second man, Adam, the last Adam, is the Lord from heaven. So Jesus was the last Adam. Why? Adam is not the name of a person, a man. Adam is a corporate name. So when the scripture talks about Adam, Adam simply means red, but it's a corporate name. Adam means them. So the scripture says, when God made man, he said that let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And he said, and God blessed them, yet he was Adam. So inside Adam was everybody. So when God was speaking to Adam, he was speaking to all humanity. So when Adam fell, all humanity fell. And so when the last Adam came, he came to redeem all humanity. Hallelujah. So the first thing that happened when Adam sinned was that man's nature was corrupted. Man became spiritually dead. And so spiritually dead men, the scripture says that for all have sinned. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. And no, no, sorry. Romans 6 23 says, Romans 3 23 says for all have sinned and fallen short. Romans 6 23 says that what? The wages of sin is what? Death. So every man that sinned must die. And death was not just cessation of life. Death simply means a separation, a disconnect. To be separated from source. So when Adam, the first Adam sinned and died, he was still walking around. Yet he was dead. Have you ever seen the movie Walking Dead? Uh -huh. Zombies. And many men born into the world are zombies. They are walking about, but they are dead. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 tells us that. Uh, so, so you can be walking around, but you are dead. You are dead spiritually. You are separated from God. And the Bible tells us in the garden, when man sinned and got separated from God, he ran away from God. From the presence of God. But on the cross, we saw yesterday, when Christ was put on the cross as sin, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, him who knew no sin was made sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When he was put on the cross as sin and all of humanity's sin was laid upon him, the scripture says that he, the father now separated himself from him. In the garden, God was looking for man. Adam, where are thou? I want to have fellowship with you. My friend, where are you? And he could not find him. But on the cross, he walked away from man. Why? Because all of humanity's sins have now been laid on Christ. He needs to die as a sinner. Because he has become sin for all men. And as sinner, and as a sinner, there is only one place that sinners go hell and I said I'll be talking about hell today 
all sinners will go to hell. What does a cook do? A cook does what? Cooks food. What does a driver do? A driver drives. What does a husband do? He husbands. <laughs> no, no, no. We are looking for the main rule. <laughs> Who told you spend money on the woman? Go and spend your own money. <laughs> This is how you get disappointed. Go and spend your own money. <laughs> the rule of a husband is not to spend money on a woman. <laughs> what, what if you don't have a husband? <laughs> Look, you go and make your own money. <laughs> what is that? What's the answer? You really see there? Aha, yeah. That's, that's the main rule. The main rule of a man is to release seed, and the woman will take the seed and produce <laughs> and produce something for us. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Juan, what does a footballer do? Plays football. Uh-huh. So what will a sinner do? Uh-huh. A sinner will sin. So the nature of man became sin. So what will he naturally do? Sin. So every man that was born into the world was born to sin. You don't need any practice. Who taught Cain how to kill the brother? Where did he learn it from? It came from the heart. We said that sin that came into the world came through the man, not through Satan. Satan did not bring sin into this world. It was the man, Adam, because sin was found in his heart. It was not Satan that brought sin into this world. It was man that brought sin. And the sin came from where? His heart. Jesus said, out of your heart comes all manner of evil. So when he talked about the two trees that they ate, it's not physical fruit, my friend. Stop, stop, stop putting your eye on on apple. Adam's apple. The green one or the red one? <laughs> the red one. No, no, it was not Adam's apple. Okay. <laughs> uh, of course, I've, I've talked on all of that already. Go, go get a tip if you want to understand what a tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, what a tree of, of life is. You, you can get that on, on what a life. It's on YouTube. It's for free. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. So all of humanity's sorrows were placed on Christ, where on the cross, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. We saw the readings. The scripture tells us how that they were gathered around the cross, but many of the men were far, far away. Only the women were close by. Four women. Mary, his mother, and the mother's sister, and Mary Magdalene. They were the only ones close. Why? Because the man that was placed on the cross was stuck naked. Forget about that thing they draw and put little cloth around his middle side. There was no middle, there was nothing. He was stripped bare, naked, and a pop of blood. Because they scorched him. The kind of death he died was the death of a criminal. If you want to know how he died, Mark chapter 15, I think the verse, um, we read it earlier on. I think, let's start from the verse number 7. The kind of death he died was the kind of death that you would attribute to a criminal. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. Murderers were the ones put on the cross because they were regarded as castings, they were regarded as rejects, social rejects. So when Isaiah saw it in Isaiah 53 and was prophesying it, he was trying to say Jesus was a reject, a social reject, a riffraff, a recluse. Nobody wanted him. 
nothing to desire of him because nobody wants to have anything to do with him. Peradventure, they take him, they add you to him. Peter, they asked Peter. Peter that said, Master, I will die with you. One small girl came and said, Peter, I saw you among the crew. He said, no, not me. Let, no. The Bible says he started cursing. He started swearing. Small little girl like that. Came and said, hey, Peter, I saw you among the crew. Me. Mm -mm. I can even swear on my children and my wife and everybody. I don't know this man. This man, mm-mm. The second group of people say, hey, they say, Peter, hey, this is the guy that cut the ear of the guy. We met him in the garden. No, me. Check me. I don't even have a knife for me. To be cutting people's ears. No, no, no. Not me. No, no, not me. The third time, the moment it happened, his eyes and Jesus' eyes, they met like that. And Jesus said, I told you, Peter. <laughs> you. What Judas did, maybe could have been forgiven if he didn't kill himself. Because what Peter did was even worse. <laughs> Judas sold him for them to know at least where he was to capture him. Thinking maybe the man will free himself because he frees himself all the time. Several times they've tried to kill Jesus and he would just walk through them. They never had the power to. But in the garden, he says, this is the power and your hour. He says, this is the hour and the power of darkness. It's your time. You can take me. He allowed it. He told Peter, he says, if I would, if I can, if I, it says not I can, if, if it says I can, and if I want, I would let legions from heaven, these, things, these people here, please, stop this thing. Peter, forget. Just put the knife down. I want to be killed. And he has been telling them of the kind of death he will die, but they never understood it. They just thought, oh, they took his words literal. So in John chapter 2 verse 19, it says, destroy this temple and in three days I will build it up. And they were thinking that he was literally talking about the temple, physical temple in Jerusalem. And they said, this temple was built in 46 years. You want to destroy it and build it in three days? But they did not understand that the scripture says he was talking about the temple of his body. Now, that John 2 tells us at the latter part, I think verse 21, there it says that, tells us that, but when he resurrected, they remembered that actually this was what he was talking about. So they never even, even the disciples did not understand the kind of death he would die and what he was telling them. They took it literal until it was happening on the cross. Yeah, when therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them. And they believed the scripture. They did. So when they were walking along with him all along, they were unbelieving believers. And the word which Jesus had said. Now, back to the message. Isaiah 53. Nothing to dissolve him. They rejected him. And I was telling you that he died a criminal's death. Mark 15 tells us that. Let's read Mark 15 and then we talk about hell and close. And straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consult. No, no, we were at uh, verse 8 or something, yeah. Because if I read all this, we wouldn't have time. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. Nine. But Pilate answered them saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. But the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release unto them Barabbas. They preferred a criminal over Christ. Why? Because on such days, the people that should go on a tree and will be hanged should be somebody who is a reject, a criminal. Barabbas, but they chose Barabbas over Christ. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will ye that then that I shall do unto you, whom ye call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. So his crucifixion 
was the crucifixion of a criminal. He died a criminal's death. He died a brutal death. Why? The script, Isaiah tells us all of our sins were laid on him. All of our sins were laid on him. And on the cross, the scripture says he cried, he cried, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, which is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Praise God. And we saw that that meant that the father had separated himself from him. But he was going to go through a more agonizing separation for three days. For three days, he has to go to the place where sinners go to. And the place where a sinning man, when he dies, must go. And that place is called Hades. In today's language, we'll call it hell. What is hell? Hell is simply a place of torment. A place of... Uh, a place of torment and also a place of utter darkness, a place of chaos. Now, some of you don't believe that there is hell. Please, stop fooling yourself because there is hell. Hell is real and heaven is real. Amen? Yeah. yeah. Hell is real and heaven is real. Hell is a place where people that die spiritually and spiritual death means separated from God for eternity, for all eternity will end up in heaven. The scripture tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So the scripture also tells us that they that die in Christ. So when a man dies in Christ, <laughs> his body is not in the grave. That body you see there is just a case. He rests in the Lord. He is in the Lord. So he's not here. When Christ, the scripture tells us on that day, when Christ shall return, he shall return with them, including all that are in him, that are sleeping in him. So your loved one that died, if he never received Christ, that is it. It is finished. Yeah, it is finished, he said. It will really be finished. <laughs> Even though it meant something else. <laughs> you will cry there at the grave and say, till we meet again, but you'll never meet again, my friend. Stop deceiving yourself. You'll never meet again. Yeah. Till we meet, till we meet, other Jesus' feet. Does he know Jesus to be at Jesus' feet? So let's take our eternal salvation very seriously. Now, but when Jesus died, he ended up in hell. Peter tells us this in Acts chapter 2. We shall look at that scripture. Um, so for three days and three nights, he ended up in hell. Acts chapter 2. Um, but before we read Acts chapter 2, let's read Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9. I want to now go very quickly. But he ascended. Now, what can this, now what can this, he ascended mean, but that he had previously, I'm reading from Amplified, okay, that he had previously descended from the heights of heaven into the depths, the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the very same as he who also what, has ascended high above all the heavens that his presence might fill all things, the whole universe from the lowest to the highest. Praise God. Then let's read also Ephesians, uh, Romans chapter 6, the verse number 8. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. 
And we established that the death of Christ meant that we died in him. When he died, he died our death. When he died, he died in my place. We said it represented identification and what? Substitution. And what happened was that he died as me. He died in my place. Hallelujah. So on the cross, the cross represents he died in my place. He died as me. The cross is not just something, the stick or the, the tree that we talk about. The cross is the message. I'll mention that in a moment. The cross is what? The message. Paul says that I desire to see nothing but, but Christ, him crucified. Hallelujah. And he causes this about, I came to preach nothing to you. And he tells us that the preaching of the cross. So the, the cross is a message. Hallelujah. It's a message. And what is that message? It's the message of understanding what Christ did in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the gospel. Anything else is uh, social media. Anything else is, uh, is, is motivation. Amen. Because we know that Christ, the anointed one, being once raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. Hallelujah. But, but let's, let's, let's look at this. In Acts chapter number, um, Acts chapter 2, um, let me get my scripture right. Acts chapter 2, when Peter was preaching, um, from the verse number, from, let's start from the verse number 22, or from verse 21, please. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands, hallelujah, by wicked hands, they says what? They have crucified and slain whom God has raised up, having loosed the, pan, the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. For David, speaking concerning him, said, I foresaw the Lord always before me. That's talking about Psalm 16, okay? From verse 8 to 11. I, for I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou will not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So Jesus, when he died, he didn't end on the cross. He went to hell. He went to hell for all men because all men have become sin. And for three days, he stayed in hell. There is a significance for the three days. The three days, I told you yesterday, I was just trying to give you a, a snapshot into that. The three days represented all of eternity. The three days meant he was talking about yesterday, today, forever. But he has to explain it for us in earth's language but in eternity's language it meant that he did it his death and what he did in the grave lasted for all eternity for yesterday the sins that were committed yesterday the sins that were committed today the sins that will be committed in the future all were laid on Christ and he did it the scripture says once and for all. Hallelujah. So the three days that he stayed there, what was he doing in hell? Some say he fought. No, he did not fight. When he went to hell, there were men in hell that also needed to be set free. These men were the old saints in the Old Testament that Christ was preached to them in a promissory note 
even though it was not revealed to them as like Christ Christ it was in types and shadows so things were used to preach to them about the coming redemption that was going to come through the seed of the son of God and but all of them when they died they went to Abraham's bosom and where was Abraham's bosom before Jesus came any man that died every man from Adam ended up in Abraham's bosom in hell why because Satan had legal rights over all men that died so every man that died until Jesus came ended up in hell but they ended up in Abraham's bosom awaiting the resurrection so when he died like that when he was on the cross one of the thieves that was on his side believed him and he said today you shall be with me in paradise what does that mean did he mean that that day the man became saved no that man died but until Jesus will resurrect he will not be saved so if Jesus had never resurrected <laughs> he would have stayed in that paradise for longer because that paradise represented hell but it was a portion of hell in Abraham's bosom the, the, Jesus gave us a, a scripture to explain that when he talked about Lazarus and the rich man that died the scripture tells us that they went all went to hell but the rich man went to another place where there was torment and he was asking for water he said father Abraham please tell Lazarus to put his hands the Lazarus he never respected when he was in earth he should now bring his dirty hand and put water and put on his tongue to tell you what happens in hell hell is a place of chaos place of torment pain nobody will go there you must not want to go there amen at least those of you hearing me you must not want to go there hallelujah and father Abraham told him look the gulf between us and where you are is too deep Lazarus cannot come but when Jesus died what he did was he took that man dumped him in paradise and then defeated the power of hell so that death will no more have power over all men so when the scripture talks about this day that day is not talking about a particular day it's talking about a period so when he says this day will you be with me in paradise he's talking about that time when he will resurrect he will become one of them because he has believed Amen. hallelujah so when the scripture tells us that the holy ghost tells you if you have ears that has ear let him hear i mean similar these are similar words they are not just words you take literal amen so when he went to hell this scripture that abraham that david quoted was in his mouth you will not suffer you will not cause your servant to suffer corruption you will not leave him in hell and i kept declaring it in hell and as he went every man that was under hell and the power of hell he went to set them free on the third day when he resurrected he resurrected with them hallelujah the scripture says that when he died and resurrected the graves were opened and all that died they rose from the grave and walked on the streets of jerusalem and men saw them men saw abraham abraham went to tell them hey we are on our way but we shall see you when you come they saw they saw Elijah was not there but they saw baby Elijah <laughs> they saw all of the other prophets they saw them they saw Solomon even with all his nonsense Solomon was in the trail Solomon was among the people they saw David they said they has come for us we are on our way but we shall see you when you come hallelujah he brought them out of the grave and somebody's asking was this real yes but in hell he suffered the torment of the sinner the torment was not that he was beaten the torment was the separation between him and his father for three days it was like eternity that was why on the cross he said my father he said my god my god he never said my father anymore he said my god my god why hast thou forsaken me but when he resurrected he resurrected with victory hallelujah 
the, the scripture tells us, um, let me read two more scriptures there. Um, um, Hebrews chapter 2, let's start from verse 9 to about 11 there, and I'll take another one, then we'll close. Amen. Hallelujah. But we see Jesus. He says, who was made a little lower than the angels. The, this is how he became poor. He was made a little what? Lower than the angels. He bankrupted himself of all of his glory. Can you imagine God becoming a man? So he was made a little lower than the angels. Why? For the suffering of death, for the kind of death he would suffer. Crowned with glory and honor. When he resurrected, he took back his glory and honor. Hallelujah. In other words, he now, not that he became God, but he became a man in God. Not just God, he became a man in God. Hallelujah. Now, so that he can bridge the gap between men and God. First Timothy 2, 5. Don't go there, please. The scripture just tells us what? There is one mediator between God and men, the man. So Jesus was a man. And he resurrected as a man. He went back to heaven as a man. Today, if you go to heaven, on the throne, seated on the throne, is a man. A man in God. A man in God. So that men can also be in God. So that you and I can be born again. So that he will make for us. The Bible says, when the curtain was torn into two, he made for us a new and a living way. So that we can have access, boldness to come before the Father without guilt and shame. Adam's guilt, Adam's shame, Adam's condemnation was put on him. So the scripture tells us there is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation, no guilt, no shame. Hallelujah. That's why the songwriter wrote that song. I need no argument. I need no other plea. He went to hell. But hell could not hold him down. And the power of hell could not hold him down. For one reason. That he will grant you and I victory. 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 These are not myths. These are not stories. These are not... These are the, the foundation of our faith. This is what we believe in. We believe that he died. We believe that he rose again. We believe that he is returning the second time. And when he comes, he will come in glory. Hallelujah. And them that die in him shall come with him. This is our belief. This is our, our faith. That's why the songwriter wrote that song. Ah, let's sing that song again. Oh, I no argument. There is no other argument. Me, no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died. The scripture tells us in Colossians 1 20 and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself hallelujah by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven he has reconciled all things including you he has reconciled us hallelujah this morning if you are in this auditorium you have not had the opportunity to make Jesus Jesus the Lord of your life it is a dangerous dangerous path you tread it is a dangerous path you tread for time may not be granted you to have an opportunity every day. Hallelujah. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. What all rise to our feet right now? And I want to give you that opportunity. It will be an abrasion for me to minister 
and not give you that opportunity to make it right with the Lord. Galatians chapter 6, the scripture tells us in the verse number 12, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrained you to be circumcised. Only least they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. The cross is a statement of our redemption. The cross is a signature of all the riches. If you want to sign every riches in Christ, the signature is the cross. The scripture tells us, <laughs> to them that perish, it is foolishness. But to us that are saved, it is the power of God. It's the power of God. What power? The power unto salvation. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity. Everybody here, well, you, you want to do this and do it sincerely. I want to give everybody opportunity. And you want to do it and do it sincerely. Um, if, if, if you have not made it right with Jesus, it's an opportunity for us to make it right with Jesus. And so everybody, you want to pray this. Unless you don't want to believe this Jesus, well, you can shut your mouth. But if you do... There is only one way by which men are saved. Romans chapter number 10. The scripture tells us in the verse number 9 that um, when we believe in his death, the scripture tells us that we are made right. Hallelujah. But if we confess with our mouth, we are saved. We are saved. If thou shalt confess with your mouth, but what do we confess? Do we confess sins? No. The sins have been forgiven. We confess the Lordship. So with thy mouth, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, Lord, because he has become Lord over every sin and over anything that can be called sin and Satan. This morning, you want to just pray this prayer and declare with Father, it's an opportunity to make my commitment with you. Thank you for Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation. Today, with my heart, I believe, that's if you believe, I believe that Jesus, he died for me. He paid the price for my sins and for every sin of humanity. And I believe that he resurrected and I receive forgiveness of sins. I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. The Lord of my life. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the redemption that is in the blood of Jesus. I give you praise. I worship you in Jesus name. Amen. Even if you lost that commitment as you have made that declaration today. If you did it in faith, you did it with your heart, a true heart to him. It is all you need. Hallelujah. It is all you need to be saved. It is all you need to walk the path, this new life that he has given us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lamb of God. And by this... You step into all the riches of Christ. All the riches of Christ. Now I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to hear the gospel. And not just hear the gospel, the truth of the gospel. And be saved. Now, I pray for your children that the riches of Christ that abound to men, let them have access now in the name of Jesus, anything that is frustrating their destinies right now by the authority that is in the name of Jesus, we command that thing to be broken. Let that frustration be destroyed. Let the power of hell be broken over your life, over your health, over your finances. I decree and declare now in the name of Jesus, whatever you came with into this auditorium as an expectation, let that expectation be met now in the name of Jesus. I'm praying for you right now. If you came in sick, walk out of this 
place healed in the name of Jesus. I minister to you the spirit and I declare now, let the power of resurrection now begin to permeate your body. Begin to take over your body. Take over your faculties. Any place where shame is exhibited in your life, I command that power to be broken in the name of Jesus. I declare now, walk out of this place free. Any satanic embargo upon your destiny, I speak as God's authorized mouthpiece and I command that thing broken over your life. I command it broken over your life in the name of Jesus. I command it broken over your life in the name of Jesus. I command it broken over your life in the name of Jesus. You desire any miracle you desire now. Right now receive it. I say receive it. I say receive it. The miracle of the fruit of the womb receive it. The miracle of, of healing receive it. The miracle of financial breakthroughs receive it now in the name of Jesus. Any stranger that stepped into your life, into your body, right now, they step out now. As soon as the strangers hear my voice, they fade away in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the breaking of the bread is us affirming what Christ did in the breaking of his body. The scripture tells us in 1 Peter 2, 24, that all our sins were laid on him, and by his stripes we were healed. His body was broken. So when we take this broken body, as you chew it, as you are chewing it, the broken, that's the broken body of Christ that you are chewing. He says, my blood is the blood of the New Testament that is shed for you. So when we do this, we are affirming the death, burial, and the resurrection. And the fact that he lives forevermore. And that what he did is eternal. Hallelujah. Everything that must leave your body lives now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.